How's everybody doing? This is the Forrest Stevens Show, and today I'm just going to get into um, probably some of my past writings, but first I'm going to talk about uh, just a little update for all of you and uh, that have just been following along on this podcast. This podcast is a bit of a self-exploration as much as it is me exploring um, ideas and things like that, but it always relates through me. And, uh, you know, it's a bigger look at society, my experiences. And uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've done one of these. So I've had a lot of experiences. I've just been traveling for three months. My last podcast I did on here, while the last one published, I recorded two other ones. And and one time, hey, the problem both started with trying to record it on my phone. I did not have my proper setup here. You can see everything's moved around. I literally just got home like today. And so everything's a mess, a nightmare. Um, But I wanted to get this out and I wanted to just produce this podcast so that it would be done. And I have my stuff to do that with, which it was much harder to do while I was traveling, Um, which is something I could even get into, you know, and I've talked about that a little bit uh, in a previous podcast about um, how traveling is different than what most people think about it. You know, if, if you say, oh, I just did a trip in my van to California, immediately that's going to elicit kind of a response um, from a lot of people that are going to be like, whoa, that's so awesome. Oh my God, you're so lucky. Oh, I want to do something like that. I want to drive down the coast. Oh, it's like an adventure, you know? Um, and if it's not that exciting of a reaction, it can still be the the kind of feeling behind it is that, that was an adventure and that was good. But adventures and traveling and exploring, that is a challenging thing. And it's something that is innate in our history and kind of puts us, you know, we're an exploring species. We didn't just stay one place and think, hey, this is good enough. We universally are an explorative, um, explorative, explorative species. So, there's something enriching about it. There's something, there's a reason we're doing it. And um, for me, one of the big reasons for traveling is just having um, other experiences that open you up to growing. And I think that there's a lot of growth that can happen from from any travel, any travel at all. Um, I've never really been on a vacation that I can think of. Every time I travel, it's exploration it's adventure and um, the last you know 40 days in Australia and three weeks in New Zealand and three weeks in British Columbia and now being back home and having talked about very little of that um, it feels overwhelming the amount of things that I could share about my experiences and I think that I will eventually as kind of those things come up and as I am able to talk about them. Um, I do want to get into something that I've written. This was going to be the last podcast I recorded. Possibly, I, I got to toot my own horn here, guys. Possibly the best podcast I've ever done. And in fact, I believe it was so good when it, when I was experiencing it and I realized that my phone wasn't recording, I, th- I, 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 you know, I lost that podcast. But in that immediate moment of realizing that my phone wasn't recording and that I had just done the best podcast of my life and it didn't record, I, I felt at that exact moment, I could have felt, you know, so disappointed. I felt 
the emotion of just being at peace and just thinking regardless if that was recorded or not it it helped me and it felt good it felt good to do and i needed it and and all of these different emotions kind of just felt like it's okay and then you know the other ones catch up a little bit and i was like damn that really was something that i wish that i had recorded it was so good and now i'm going to try to recreate it which is not always the best thing uh it's not not necessarily always um as good as the first time but maybe it's better i don't know maybe it'll be a little more polished because i've ran through the subject but this is something that i wrote um I've been writing a lot and I still have a book that I want to publish with all my writing in it um, up to the date because I'll continue writing even after I publish my first book. But I, I write down these ideas and I'm going to publish a book soon. I have it in the works. I've been working on it a lot, um, a lot more than doing this because it was easy for me to write on my phone, but it was much harder to record a podcast while traveling. So this is something I wrote and this is something I want to expand on. And this is something I tried to in the podcast episode that no one will ever hear. It just goes out to the universe and it was perfect. Okay, so we'll read through this and then we'll go through it line by line. War must happen for military spending to be justified. Create enough fear, create war. War by old men is still fought by men with guns, but war happens on every front. Okay, so there's some very interesting things in here and I'm gonna try to go line by line, but I might just be jumping around because one thing leads to another and it all ties in and kind of connects. Um, but let's talk about that first one. War must happen for military spending to be justified. Okay, so this is something that I started thinking about, you know, there's this, this term that gets thrown around, the military industrial complex. What does that mean when people say it? They say that there's a there's an uh, an industry behind the military, and um, I, I haven't actually looked up like the proper definition. So let's do that right now using ChatGPT or Bing. Uh, I don't have uh, internet right now. Like seriously, first day back, Starlink's not connected back up again. Uh, I forgot to message them ahead of time. Okay, so I'm gonna define this without being able to look it up. And I think it will be maybe slightly off, but basically the same thing. So military, we all know what that is. That's, that's armies, that's war, that's battles, that's fighting, that's killing. Um, and it's for many different reasons. Yeah, people do it because of resources, because I, basically that's what it kind of comes down to, I guess. Um, defense. You know, people call these companies defense uh, contractors or defense companies. It's like, let's be real. They provide weapons for killing people. So that gets into the industry of it. The military, we know what that is, but there's an industry behind the military. There's Lockheed Martin. There's a bunch of other ones that I don't know because I'm not that interested in them. You know, on my other channel, I do do a lot of investing and trading, but I've thought about investing in these companies and I think I don't want to be involved in that in any way because it is just horrible in a way. Um, you know, it's war. Uh, not that the amount of money that I would invest in any company at this point 
would really move the needle for them in any way. They're not going to see their stock appreciate much by my couple of shares. But to me, I think about the industry behind that and I think about that's literally people like, not just the death, not just death, right? Imagine for a second, you are in your house and you can hear explosions and you know that those explosions aren't fireworks this isn't fourth of july those are other people's houses being blown up and then having injury death at least extreme trauma even the act of just hearing that and thinking and stressing and being like maybe it'll be us next what are we going to do what do we have to do even if you have to move without bombs going off near you or gunfight or war happening on your front doorstep moving is a challenge just that by itself imagine doing that because there's war around you that's the reality of war we don't see it in north america because the wars don't get fought here anymore um, we don't have a civil war but a civil war would be another type of war that would be extremely devastating and horrible. So anyway, these are not, uh, these are not good things to invest in, in my mind. Now the complex part, military industrial complex. So complex, does that mean, so, oh, you've, you've got a complex or does it mean that this is like, uh, okay. Anyway, so military industrial. So, so that's kind of the idea of the military industrial complex is that there's this, there's the military, then there's this industry that, that kind of profits off of the military. And so the complex part of it, the military industrial complex kind of all wraps around in the idea that there's that that's a, that's a machine that wants to keep running. And there's people that actually want that machine to kind of run and that it's, profitable for private companies, which in turn uh, employ people, which in turn raise the value of the country because they're taking in money and they're developing and they're passing it all around. And it's definitely helping the actual people themselves because a lot of times with, you know, these types of companies that profit off of militarization and through war, um, their funding will actually, a lot of their money, a lot of the people buying from them will be governments. So they're, and, and how do the governments get money? They get it through private citizens providing them with money. And then that money becomes public money that goes towards public government spending. That's, that's how that system works. So for me, I don't want there to be wars. Now, is that a naive position to be in um, because of the reality, the vast complex realities of global life and um, the fact that sometimes you have a war whether you want one or not. Um, and that's part of this reality we live in for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, we can speculate. We can say that people are that, that uh, you know, warlords, military kind of people, like, you know, dictatorships of countries and they're using their 
military to take things. They want to acquire certain valuable resources in other locations and bring them back to benefit especially themselves, but even possibly their friends and their, you know, it could have a trickle down effect into the economy of their country. So it becomes like a good thing to do for your country in some weird way. Um, to me, that just seems insane. And that is uh, getting into those other lines there. So let's see. War must happen for military spending to be justified. So that's, that's it right there is why do those wars happen? So if war was not happening, if, if there was no war in the world at all, no threat of war, um, and we, we as a public fully believed that and knew that we wouldn't be fighting our neighbors or our you know, neighboring countries or whatever, the military spending that happens currently would be completely unjustified. Um, there would be no reason for it. So that means there needs to be war for that spending to happen. So once the once those wars disappear, if, if wars were to start disappearing, there would be people who would not want there to not be wars because they profit from them. So that's a pretty crazy thing that uh, happens with these private defense companies. Um, the next line here kind of gets into um, how wars are created create enough fear create war hmm that's very interesting so i think that's maybe just a look in my mind to the past and to the fact that um basically people are afraid of either not having enough themselves or of somebody else or some other idea they have to kind of be a, you have to kind of you have to get somebody into that fight or flight mode to really participate in the idea of fighting something. I think our innate nature, if we're feeling good in, in, the, in the moment, we're going to feel at peace. We're not going to actually want to fight somebody. So there's this idea, I think, that kind of gets into this broader kind of problem of media. And I'm not talking about just mainstream media, but I'm also talking so much. I mean, this is the craziest thing to me, but I'm talking so much about people on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, social media, Twitter, just social media in general. There are so many people that can profit from instilling fear. And even if they're not profiting currently, they have the idea that they might be able to profit. And then once they start profiting, they are incentivized to keep producing things that give people that create fear. Um, so there's definitely fear mongers out there. You know, that concept is, is a part of our language. It's a colloquialism to, to understand that there's fear mongers, somebody saying something that is scarier than it truly is. And I, I have this strong belief and I think that this has been so accurate through my life that nothing is as bad as it ever seems and nothing is as good as it ever seems. And so if we have our expectations too high for something, we're going to be disappointed. And if we expect the worst, then we're going to be wrong because that almost never happens. And it's, it's the same with the other thing. Like, yeah, there can be exceptions, but 99% of the time, it is not going to be as bad as it, as people and 
think it is. You know, that that is basically, we can get down to a personal level of those individuals that might share this, they might be profiting, but they might also believe in it, but it is their anxiety because they, they, they have personal anxiety and they are expelling that in a way that connects with people. So it's not just, and it's definitely not higher percentage of mainstream media telling lies um, and manipulating the truth and it is, it is, I would say that, that the, the space of conspiracies on the internet is even worse. I would say that it is just mass majority of them are basically, they don't have the integrity because they've never been, <laughs> a lot of them have not been trained. I mean, there are exceptions, but even within those exceptions, those people have their own personal bias and anxieties and beliefs that and pattern of behavior and how, you know, how aware are those people of who they are and how they are in life and what reality is. I think a lot of these people talking about the way the world is um, are highly delusional because they don't actually know. They're just taking in information and spitting out their opinion on it. Um, journalists, investigators, these types of people are the only, we need to trust them more than anybody. And yes, that is a risky thing because who's funding them? Are they, you know, we need to find independent, strong, truth-bound journalists and believe in them. But 99% of the people on social media that you think are that are just projecting their own opinion and basically uh, subconscious anxieties onto you. So that is that goes so much deeper than the, than the than the five words: create enough fear, create war. So I think we've covered that. Um, war by old men is still fought by men with guns. So this is the concept. This this is what I talked about at the beginning of this was. Yeah, war, war by old men is still fought by men with guns. It kind of connects and makes a little bit more sense in, in context of the next line, which is war happens on every front. So I talked about the physical war. I talked about the, you know, bombing, shooting, violent physical war of capturing territory and land and resources and having some political agenda behind it and reasons. Um, but we fight that same war with those same people on an economic level, at an individual level, at a business level, in a career level. And on a, we also fight a, a, a digital a cyber war. Uh, there's the war on drugs. I mean, this is an interesting one that draws parallels. I mean, basically, if we look at the US, the police are funded and like the, and I think have the weapons or they basically are the third biggest army in the world. And that's just the army controlling that population. That is what they're trying to do is control that population. It is crazy to me. And that's one crazy perspective that I had when going to 
Australia and New Zealand, especially New Zealand, I didn't even see a cop. I, I swear to whatever that I don't, I can't remember seeing a police officer in the entire country of New Zealand. And yeah, they have 500, 5 million people there. But even in Australia, where I was in major cities, 6 million people cities, um, I would see a little bit of police force. But he, even here in Canada, I see so many more police in, say, when I was in Vancouver. And here in Ontario, it's like there's so many more police. There's a little police station in every town. OPP is a well-funded thing. And it feels very kind of, it's like, whoa, this is like what it's like in the States, in certain parts of the States, um, but even more so. And, uh, you know, it's like they have the third largest army protecting their population. So those people are, you know, there's a lot of police in the States. Um, there's a lot of pe police in Canada comparatively to these other places. And it just made me think about how that, you know, we think about the military industrial complex. We think about the reasons they go to war. Um, what are the reasons that we have police? It's because there are laws and it's almost to their incentive to keep things illegal because then they can make sure to spend that budget that they get from public money to then get a bigger budget next year or, the, you know, not to decrease their budget. They don't want to, you know, be fiscally responsible with their budgets they get because they need it, but they need to show that what they're doing is making a difference, right? Because there's, you know, some accountability within there, but everybody's kind of just, it's just all getting greased up anyway, I'm sure. But basically what I'm saying here, and that was, you know, obviously just um, stuff that I have no proof of, but um, it's an idea of the fact that this is very similar to um, the military industrial complex and that they need to have a war. So basically, you know, we know this term war on the war on drugs and it's like drugs don't need to be illegal. Actually, it's probably better for your society and your country and your p fellow neighbor you know, if you live in a, in, a, in a city and you always go to a coffee shop and there happens to be a homeless person there, you know, a street person living there, that's your fellow neighbor. And you go there all the time and you see that same person, that's your neighbor, man. And don't you want to help out your neighbor? Don't you want to help out? Anyway, that's how I think about it a little bit. And I think about, and, and so my point here is that, um, it's stupid for drugs to be illegal. They need to be legalized and actually provided safely. And it's like, yeah, like coming back to Canada after they're not being, uh, anyway, oh, fuck. What I will say about Australia though, is they had speed cameras like crazy. They've basically replaced their police force in some ways with, um, speed cameras. Uh, there's like people in Australia drive like 20 kilometers under the limit. It's insane. And I, it's, be, they're not afraid of a, of a, perhaps there's a cop, you know, with their radar gun. They actually know with certainty that they will get a very big ticket if they go over the limit. So they drive so slow in Australia. It's wild. I was passing people just ripping and it's like, <laughs> this is awesome. You know, just, 
uh, anyway, I was driving like a Canadian uh, where you can get away with it and there isn't that kind of camera uh, system. Um, but, you know, you know, our roads do need to be safe. It's, it's public land. I think we all want it not to be a free-for-all at least. Um, and we don't want it to be too heavy-handed on the law either. But there's a lot of resources going towards that. So I think setting up cameras and, you know, that would probably fund itself easily with the amount of people needing to pay tickets. Um, but it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to grow. It doesn't need to continue to provide livelihoods for as many people. Um, we don't need as big police forces as we have because there are basically things that are illegal that don't need to be illegal, in my opinion. Um, and, and maybe that money can go somewhere else. And, you know, maybe it can go to fewer police officers that are paid more because I want, you know, if, if I am in a situation where I need a cop, I sure as hell want that cop to be being paid a lot, you know. They deal with insane shit. And there are a lot of people who are underqualified to be cops. But they need them because they have so much crime. But there's so much crime because there's, well, for one, so much poverty, but also so much war on the streets. Anyway, um, that was a far off tangent, but then, uh, yeah, war happens on every front. Um, that's the, the war on drugs, you know, the war on, uh, the digital war, the cyber war, the individual war that we have, um, within us, the, the war of what we've been taught and what we've been told and the war and, and how that wars against perhaps how we feel and what we want and who we are perhaps even because it's not what you want and what you do who you are i mean our life just passes by so quickly if we um are on autopilot and if we are not cognizant and aware of what we do because this moment right here just doing it is all we really have and that goes for everybody watching as well. You know, I'm feeling that right now because I'm talking about it and feeling that awareness. Feel the awareness of this moment and how you're looking at your phone, you're sitting somewhere, where are you? Think about how you're living a completely different reality than everyone else around you even. Even somebody could be right next to you and they're living an entirely different reality than you are. We never exist in the same reality at the same time with anybody. Um, and that's what makes life truly unique and truly amazing. I mean, plus the fact that we've created basically everything around us out of the earth. I mean, where else would it have come from? It's coming from goddamn rocks and minerals and we're putting that together and we're making this thing do that and that leads to this and all of a sudden we have electricity because of the understanding of the way that these fucking rocks move and uh, what these rocks can do with each other and um, it's insane it's insane the world is absolutely insane when you start to think about it and it is exciting that it is so crazy and so insane 
It is um, truly amazing. And I think if we recognize that, we could see how perhaps our life isn't the way we want it. Um, and then it will, if we can continue to go into that space, we can ask ourselves, what do we want? And, and in that way, ask ourselves, who are we in this world? And what do I want? What is my purpose? I think that's, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people just don't think about. They just believe they know their purpose and they don't second guess it. I think it's time to reflect as individuals and um, start thinking about why we have war. Not just accepting that that's the way it is. Um, and also understanding possibly why it has to be. I mean, are there just asking yourself why. I think that's something that I've really started to understand about my life is that it improves drastically when I start asking myself why. Start asking myself questions like, are there good wars? Um, are there bad wars? Are there, is there a reason to fight? Um, And are some ideas or some people or some things so bad that it needs to be defeated? That's a very interesting question. Or is it just perspective? What is reality? You know? Um, it's very interesting. What is reality for every individual? Well, I already said that it's different for everybody. And it's never the same. It's never even the same for yourself. It's not even, it's, it's not, it's, it's different for you even. Everything that you do. You cannot replicate the exact moment. Ever. The world is so unique. It's not just snowflakes that are unique. It's the entire world and our entire existence that is unique. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. I, I got so deep off of that and it was totally different than the um, the last time I tried to record on this same writing. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing there as I'm writing this book about um, <laughs> this book. I'll get into it in another video, but I'll give you a little tease about what it's supposed to be like. It's a book that you basically flip to any page and it has maybe short, maybe long writing of an idea or of a thought that I've had basically while tripping on a substance or not. Just a, 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 something that makes me question reality, basically. Um, and so my idea basically is to, for, for a reader to open this book while they're tripping, uh, while they're aware, or even maybe not, but to read it and allow that to make themselves trip and be like, huh, interesting and start thinking. So it's a book with basically prompts to think. And then, uh, you know, you could, you could add to it yourself. So there's kind of that ability so that everybody's tripping book uh, will become different as well. And then at the back, there'll be some empty pages for you to continue making the book so that it's not just every experience is individual for everybody, but everybody's tripping book is going to be different even though it's the same. So in some ways, it's, it's basically like um, the, the layout will, will appear to be more of like a, uh, 
um, maybe a poetry book or something like that, but it's to be used as an activity book to make you trip or to just open it up randomly and read it while you're tripping and think a little bit deeper on what was going on in my head when I wrote it. And uh, it's not, it's not like there, every single thing that I write in there is like a belief either. It's just a thought that I've had. It's just an interesting concept. It's not something I believe or not, but I've been writing all of this down for, um, God, I guess I've had this idea for like a year and a half now. So it'll be like two years probably before it's finished. God. Anyway, that's the book. That's the tease. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Forrest Stevens show. I will be um, making more now that I'm back home. On this show, you know, I've talked a lot about money. Um, investing is an interest of mine. Money is really important. It's a store of energy of our, of ourselves. And basically, we can use it to create in this world. We can make all these different things happen just because of the money that we either use. And the more you accumulate of it, the more you can create. And it's just, uh, it's a fascinating subject. And it's a lot easier sometimes to actually save money than it is to make money. So today's sponsor is Mint Mobile. And if you're in the States and you have a cell phone, you can probably save a lot of money by switching to Mint. I mean, Mint has these plans. It's like 15 bucks a month, unlimited calling, unlimited texting, five gigabytes of data. They have 4G, 5G plans. And for 30 bucks, you can get unlimited data included with that plan. And so it's like 30 bucks unlimited data. And the internet is so powerful. We need to get on there. We need to learn. I mean, you're probably, you're using the internet right now to listen to this, to download this. Um, it's important to have, and you might be able to save a ton of money by switching to Mint. So check out the link in the description for Mint Mobile. And we get a kickback here. We get a small commission. So it really, really supports the show. It's super, super important to um, feel like I can actually do this and make a little bit of cash, um, th this podcast. So it's going a long way and it's really important for you to save money as well. So if you are spending too much on your mobile, go at least check it out. See if the coverage is good for you, if the service is good for you. And basically it's a smart business as well. What they've done with mint mobile is they've, um, they've basically done what, more and more companies are doing to save money and to pass it on to consumers, which is not have a retail store. There's a lot of empty shopping malls out there in the world now because there's no need for companies like Mint Mobile to have a cell phone kiosk in the mall or whatever storefront. And so they can pass those savings from not having to, um, you know, rent and lease that space, not having to employ those people working there. They can employ people in a more concentrated fashion so they can have less employees and serve more people basically. And they do it all online, all through the internet and the customer service is supposedly pretty good still. Um, that's the other thing too, is you don't wanna like lose things by switching to Mint Mobile. So I would I would just recommend checking them out, see if it's a fit for you. Um, basically when I ever have a problem on my cell phone, I'm calling them anyway, I'm not going into a store. Uh, that's just, you know, you're just looking to get upcharged basically by going into a store anyway. So um, check it out. Links in this description, like I said.